Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode Dale Jarrett or Bobby Labani or how about Kyle Bush, number 18 of Loose Lugs presented by Double L Sports Network. Lauren Leach here once again, joined by Mark Allen. Mark, how's it going, buddy? Hey, man, you took all the 18s. Everything else is irrelevant. <laughs> I guess I'd have to do the local here, do a Chase Randerson or, hey, how about a Mike Miller? <laughs> There's one from the local scene around here, number 18. But, yeah, 18 in NASCAR, that's after uh, – there's nothing there for the 18 after uh, Gibbs got a hold of it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, as far as back as I can I can remember. Uh, I don't really remember myself, Dale Jarrett, being the 18, but I know he was. So um, going back a little ways there to the, to the early 90s. Yeah, well, I think uh, – didn't they win their first race? Wasn't it Daytona? Yeah. Um, Yep, I think that's that's right. When uh, Gibbs Gibbs brought eighteen on, and uh, yeah, and they went and beat Dale Earnhardt uh, down at Daytona. So, yeah, and then of course they win the two thousand championship with Bobby Labonte at the helm there. So, um, the early early days of Joe Gibbs racing. It was yep, and that team still keeps going, still alive yet today, and strong. Well, not this year. Not well. Still fast, but uh, not as much luck. Can't believe he's only got zero uh, playoff points. Uh, Kyle Busch, unbelievable. Yeah, that team there. But Joe Gibbs Racing as a whole doing pretty good. They have a win with Truex, a couple with Hamlin. So not too bad. Not too bad. 18's running good, but just hasn't gotten the uh, finishes that they probably deserve. I guess you'd say. Yep. Yep. That's true. So. Well, where are we going first today, buddy? Yeah, let's go to Kentucky, your favorite place here. Um, yeah, we'll fill it full of water and put some carp in there, and that's about as good as that track is. Hey, it is putting out some decent racing, though, so I'll uh, I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I struggled on iRacing there a couple of weeks ago. Man, that was that was a tough deal. But, uh, yep, trucks make uh, make their return there. Stage one goes to Zane Smith, stage two to um, Creed, Sheldon Creed. And uh, unfortunately, the race was called after stage two due to first it was lightning and then the weather came. So uh, unfortunately, got called after stage two, was shaping up to be a good race, was a good race up to that point. Uh, ben Rhodes finishes second, Kraft in third, Johnny Sauter fourth, and Austin Hill, your top five there. Um Man, Moffitt, Smith, and Creed, those three GMS trucks really dominated the day. Yeah, did you see that black cloud that shut that race off? It would have been – I wish I would have waited about 20 minutes and they would have had to make a decision if they wanted to stay out or if they would have pitted and everything. But they, they put everything on hold after the second uh, the second series and they held it and, that's, uh, and then that washed out. So it would have been interesting if that storm would have waited like 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I was wondering who was going to stay out, who was going to pit, how it was going to shape up. But unfortunately, it got called right before that. I was looking forward to seeing some strategy and seeing who did what there. But um, I tell you what, Sheldon Creed at that point of the race had the dominant truck. And I, I think he would have been tough to beat regardless of where it ended. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a good call. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 
Um, the Wisconsin uh, boys and girls, uh, Johnny finishes in the top five. He was fourth. Derek Krause, how about eighth for him? He's really been coming on strong. Uh, Ty Majeski had some issues. He finishes 19th and Natalie Decker 29th. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good race. Unfortunately, weather's been playing a factor in a lot of these races there, but, uh, good race regardless. Um, there were some major penalties from there though. Um, the 13 of Sauter, the 19 of Krause and the 99 of Rhodes, uh, got an L1 penalty, which penalized them, uh, 10 points. It was for the triangle filler panels uh, near the bed cover. They did not meet NASCAR uh, expectations. <laughs> okay. All right. There's a new one on me. I, I don't know what that's all about, but you know, they're, they're checking all everywhere. So I guess if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, I guess, still, right? Well, when I read that, I, I assumed it was, you know, where they have the bed of the truck and there's that bar that comes from the cockpit down to the bed of the truck. And I believe there's that triangle space where they have to fill it now with it. It's usually a clear piece. So you don't even know it's there. If you're looking at the truck, I believe from the description there, that's what that was. So something was awry with that piece. So that's got to have something to do with airflow back there. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure it plays a big factor on air around or on the spoiler and all that. So, yeah, I'm sure that could play a, a big role in that. Hmm. All right. Well, they got busted for that. Won't happen again for them. <laughs> yeah, you would hope not. But uh, 10 points for those drivers. You know, a couple of them are trying to get uh, more points and, and be in better shape for the playoff to try to get into the playoffs. So uh, those 10 points could be a big deal. Yeah, we're running out of time, getting close to playoff time. Yeah, it's, it's almost unbelievable with the start of the season and then the delay there. But, yeah, we're, we're getting into it here. Not, not too many left. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, uh, that slop that they put on that track, that JB1, what do they call it now, peanut butter and jelly and everything, and – Drivers are actually uh, complaining that they're not being uh, consulted of where to put it. Um, and so there's been some questions of who's putting it down and, and how it works. So that's been a major topic here of talking about it uh, here for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and Denny Hamlin was one that was outspoken about that, saying that it's typically the, um, the track's not owned by NASCAR. They're owned by uh, the Smiths that they are the ones to go a little rogue there and not, uh, not get um, input there, the SMI tracks. Uh, but Marcus Smith came back and said, hey, we, uh, we have an open seat forever, wants to help us lay this down and do the tire uh, roller there. So um, I don't know. It seems like we'll get into this, uh, into the racing at Texas a little later, but Seems like they kind of applied it the same way at Kentucky as they did Texas. So you kind of, you kind of wonder there, especially after the many drivers were unhappy with Kentucky, they did the same thing at Texas there. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. Uh, is it the quality of the tire? I know they, they talk about traction on, on the, on the track itself or, you know, either put it on all over the track or take it away. Or I don't know. It's, it seems like it takes a while for it to come in. People got to use it to, to warm it up or whatever. And then and then one time it's sitting there baking in the sun and then it's too slippery and it's 
inconsistent. I, I don't understand it either, either fill it all in or take it all away. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. How's that? Well, it has produced some better racing at a lot of tracks, but lately it just seems like, I don't know if they're applying it differently or it's those certain tracks, the SMI tracks or what the deal is, but, um, it's causing a lot of issues. It seems like more than helping. So I think they, they are constantly looking at that just because it's still a little bit of unknown. They're still doing a bunch of research with it. They're trying different things. So um, we'll see what happens with that, I guess. Just repave the track there. That takes care of it. It's what they did at Kansas. That's why they're not going to have it. This uh, It's not going to be here this weekend. Yeah. Um, I don't know about I'm that. Especially track like Atlanta or something like that. That's what I think of when, you talk repavement because there's been so many thoughts about that, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of different thoughts with it, I guess. Um, yeah, well, well, that's what's in the news today. Yeah. Yep. Um, so let's get into the, actually, um, yeah, let's get into the Xfinity Kentucky race here. Uh, stage one and two were won by Gregson and this was a double header. So this was the first race there. And then uh, Austin Sindrick takes the race, his first win on an oval. Super excited about it. Um, good day for Riley Herbst. He finishes second, Chastain third, Briscoe fourth, and Annette fifth. So some guys that needed some luck to go their right way finally. Some guys who were struggling, like Herbst and Annette, they get into the top five. Um, the big thing about this race was, Jeb Burton spins on lap one and collects Brandon Jones. Talk about a guy who could use some luck. Brandon Jones, my goodness. Um, yeah, one lap, bang, done for him. He's been in a lot of bad places, uh, especially early in races lately. Yeah, he had that lap one deal at Pocono after he won the truck race. Um, just a guy that can't buy any luck right now. But it almost looked like they were saying something came off of Gregson's car, but actually what it was, was the track was super, super dirty. Um, I couldn't believe how dirty it was. Yeah. It looked like it was dirty. And then they put the, uh, the peanut butter and jelly over the top of it. And uh, yeah, the drivers were complaining about how dirty the track was. <laughs> it was, it was unbelievable. It looked like what you would expect if they put down like two lanes worth of oil dry, or at least a lane of oil dry and didn't rub it in, that's almost what it looked like. It was just like, what is that? And you thought maybe it was an issue with Gregson because they're not getting qualifying or practice, so you don't know if something was left a little loose or something came loose. And, uh, man, it just sprayed up a bunch of dirt. And it, I, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Hey, wasn't that uh, the race when uh, Anthony Alfredo got in the car and he pulled back on the steering wheel and he pulled the column or pulled the, the shaft out of the column and uh, – <laughs> And um, and so he had some issues right away to start uh, start the race. Yeah, he uh, right off the bat, uh, they thought it was a steering wheel issue. Here it was something with the column. So they were working on the car, able to get it done before the pace layups were compute, uh, completed. So the, uh, he was able to join his uh, um, spot there at the, in the starting lineup. But, yeah, not something uh, you want to be dealing with right before the race starts. Yeah, you pull back on the wheel, and I bet you that's just like that'd be a freaking feeling to pull that right out, and all of a sudden there it is, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, you sure don't want that to come off while you're uh, <laughs> while you're cruising. So yeah, we've had some people that's that's actually happened to. Yeah, most notably, I remember Dale Jr. happened. Uh, I forget where it was at, but all of a sudden he the wheel comes off, 
and uh, it wasn't the column, but the wheel came off. It was not tightened correctly or something happened there. And uh, all of a sudden he had to grab the, the shaft, uh, the steering wheel, steering wheel shaft, because otherwise it would have took a, took a hard right or left. So uh, that was pretty crazy. So you don't want to see, see that happen. Should have a vice grips on board. I've, uh, I had a buddy in the service where a steering wheel came off, and so he put a vice grips on it and drove it, <laughs> drove it home that way with a vice grips on the, uh, on the, on the, the knuckle of the steering wheel. So maybe you should carry one of them along <laughs> just in case. That's kind of a funny memory there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Cindric and Gregson really dominate the, the day there. Um, Kobe Howard, he, he hit late. He had a uh, contact with another vehicle and loses a tire and had a, had a pretty big hit there to the inside wall. Um, he was all right, but uh, yeah, some interesting moments there. Yeah. But uh, all in all, that was a good race. Yeah. Cindric, he was sure happy, wasn't he? Oh yeah. 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 It was uh, cool to see someone get their first oval win. You know, he obviously does really well on the road courses, but um He's been fast on the ovals from pretty much day one. Um, just hasn't been able to put it together, and and that was the day that they were able to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. There was one penalty uh, from either the race or the weekend. Uh, the eighteen of um, Riley Herbst. Uh, Herbst. Yep. Thank you. Uh, loose lug. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, I knew lug. that was coming with a loose lug. You know, that's that's normal. So, yeah. got to have that once in a while. Right. Um, so then uh, race number two, stage one, goes to Noah Gregson. Um, so, he won three stages over the weekend there. Pretty good. Uh, stage two goes to Austin Sindrick, and so does the race. He wins his first two races at the same track in the same weekend. Sweeps the weekend. How about that? Um Briscoe finishes second, Haley third, Chastain fourth, and Elgar fifth. Um, here's something else that'll sound familiar. Brandon Jones, big impact, running third, going for, for a pass there, and uh, got loose on the bottom, and uh, big, big hit there. Um, man, we just talked about him, but he was having such, such a good night, and to see that happening, it was, it was heart-wrenching. I never seen a car snap around that fast. That just, just like that, it was gone, and 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 so was he. He was off to the, off to the outer fence. Yeah, and he crushed the wall. So yeah, unbelievable how fast that one snapped around on him. It was pretty quick. Uh, there was no saving it. Um, man, tough, tough break for him. He need he could use a a good uh, finish, a good race, good break, and uh, just haven't been able to to do it. But uh, the other news from the weekend was uh, Harrison Burton and Noah Gregson uh, get into it after the race. They exchange shoves and words, and um, that kind of comes back to uh, Noah got really, really loose under, underneath uh, Harrison there late in the race, and uh, they both hit the wall, but Harrison got the worst of it and obviously wasn't happy with Noah, but um, Noah is not doing himself any favors lately, not making a lot of friends. He's a guy who's one of the nicest guys you'll meet. We've talked about him on this podcast before, but uh, definitely not making friends in the series that he's racing in. Yeah, well, that's that's his style of racing. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden when you get pushed once, you talk about it. And the second time he pushed him, well, then 
Um, well, then the right hook came from uh, nowhere. And then when they were talking to uh, Harrison Burton with his interview, you could kind of see that he was about to get himself a black eye there. It was uh, starting to change color. And, you know, these kids are both around 21, you know, young 20, 19, and 20 years old. These guys are going to be racing each other forever and ever, you know. So um, maybe, you know, something like that could end up end up being best friends later. You never know. But, um, we'll see where it goes. But these two are going to be competing against each other for many, many years. So they're going to have to work it out. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Noah probably needs to tone it down just a little bit on the aggressiveness. And both great kids, um, awesome, awesome kids. We've, we've met them both multiple times. Uh, man, um, couldn't say nicer words about them both. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, been some interesting moments with the nine car this year. Um, but you know what? It also leads to wins. So hard to completely back it down when you're running well. Yeah, well, they both they both took the high road when it came to their interviews, which was impressive. So, you know, there was no finger point and everything. They just like, well, it happened. Move on. Go to the next. Go to the next one. We're good. So, we'll see. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and we should mention that happened. Uh, you know, they have the COVID protocols in place, and there were some people wondering there wasn't a penalty for those two getting in into it at all. Boys fight it out, right? They're, they're pretty much uh, let the guys take care of it as long as it don't get too out of hand. The, the officials and people are all standing around just kind of like they didn't act on it right away, you know. They, they, they knew there was a um, some uh, conversation going there, and there was nobody in between them. And then finally, once when it all went down, well, then finally people went over there. And then uh, there was some uh, pushing and shoving going on with the, with the uh, DEI also. Those guys all um, had a, a little bit of a conversation afterwards. Yeah, it was um, – yeah, it ended up being a little bit with the teams as well. But um, you wondered there with the COVID protocols, no masks and that on the drivers. So nothing nothing comes down for those two, which which is all right. Um, you know, you just yeah, got to be smart about it. But um, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yep, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that's a no call. Yep. Um, so let's get into the cup series here at Kentucky. Uh, stage one goes to Eric Almirola, stage two to Brad Kozlowski, and the race goes to Cole Custer. How about that? Four wide there at the end, and uh, he wanted to take the high road. He knew that's what he had to do, and and he definitely said that was the best car he's ever driven in his life. So, yeah, <laughs> that was a good race at the end there. That was a good one. Yeah, uh, so Cole wins the race, Truex second, Matt DiBenedetto third, Kevin Harvick fourth, and Kurt Busch fifth. Um, awesome race, awesome finish, uh, exciting. Yeah, nothing like going four wide to uh, pass those guys for your first win, huh? Yeah, well, that's when it's on, you know. Um, Harvick got messed up there, and he ended up with a bad tire rub. It's amazing that tire made it back as bad as that was dragging. But uh, yeah, all in all, that was a that was a dandy of a finish there. Yeah, Blaney ended up hitting the drain at the bottom of the track there, and he pushed up into Kevin after he hit it. That was uh, that was a big impact with the with the drain there. Uh, Blaney was still able to come around. I think he finished at sixth, but uh, 
yeah, he hit that little drain there, and that that pushed him that pushed him up into him. You know, Blaney had the car. Blaney, uh, I thought probably would win that race. Um, Eric Almarola was great in clean air through the early part of that race, but then once when he, he got mired in traffic, well, then uh, when dirty air, he wasn't he wasn't so dominant after all. Yeah, Blaney was uh, has been great all season long, and Kentucky was no exception to it. He really uh, got it, got after it, and had a great car all day long. You almost thought he was gonna he was gonna win the race there, but Cole Custer gets it done. The rookies, man, we knew it was gonna be a good class, but they are getting it done. Yeah, they look really good. Hey, how many times are we gonna see Jimmy Johnson get dumped? He got dumped again, <laughs> and. Uh, oh. Jimmy Johnson, he's just having just a heck of a heck of a season. You know, Brad got underneath him and sent him on his way, and well, and that's the way it goes. I guess it just didn't line up for him very well to get turned like that. Yeah, you know, uh, Jimmy made some comments after and said he can't wait to uh, be behind the two on a restart late at a race. But here's here's how I see it. I um, I get where Jimmy's coming from. He he tried to block there, but it's a late restart. Brad couldn't have lifted there. Um, he was there. Um, so I kind of see it more on Jimmy. Um, I feel like I'm almost in the minority feeling that way, but just looking at it, Brad, Brad I mean, you're not going to get out of the throttle there. Plus, Brad probably didn't expect Jimmy to come down that that far before they made contact. So uh, tough deal, but um, – that's racing, especially on a late restart. That's racing. You got that right. So all of a sudden, after he was gone, he was gone. <laughs> so, but it just seems like we've seen that uh, multiple times this year where 48 gets boogered out. Yeah, he's had some uh, tough luck this year, too. And then, you know, he, he missed the one race. He uh, got DQ'd from the, uh, uh, the Coca Cola 600. So he's spotted these guys almost two races here, and he's still in the playoff picture. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. That says a lot about how their season's going. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they're close on the line, so we got better keep it going. Yep, yeah, can't let up at all. Need to need to get going there. So I think they're what two did a good uh, over over Byron. Yeah, yeah. So um. Uh, Bell. Speaking of the rookies, uh, Bell finished seventh and Reddick tenth. So you had three rookies inside the top ten. That's very impressive. That Tyler Reddick, man, he's uh, he uh, he shows how much talent he's got every week. He's going to be a superstar uh, in this sport for a long time, for sure. Yep, I I would agree with that. He's been running well uh, right off the jump here. So, um, yeah, good good to see the rookies uh, running well. It's been a while since we've had a had a class like that, I guess you would go back to probably the early 2000s, uh, maybe Dale Jr., Matt Kenseth, maybe one or two after that, um, that have had this much success to, as a rookie class. And, and let's not forget about uh, John Hunter Nemechek either. He's had a couple of top tens in a lower-funded vehicle. He actually shows that he's fast. So, yeah, he's got he's got talent too. So, um, yeah, he'll be around also. Yeah, good rookie class this year. Um, so there are th- uh, 13 lead changes among nine drivers, eight cautions for 42 laps. And uh, time of the race was two hours, 59 uh, minutes and 49 seconds. Not uh, not too shabby. Pretty good race there uh, at Kentucky. Um, 
So let's roll into All-Star. I almost said All-Star weekend, but it was All-Star midweek. We go to uh, a Wednesday night race, and it gets switched to Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, First, we had the Open there. Uh, Eric Almirola, William Byron, and Matt DiBenedetto advanced by winning the stages there. Um, Clint Boyer gets into the All-Star race on the fan vote. Um, the big news from that race was Michael McDowell gets into Bubba Wallace. Uh, it appeared pretty blatant. It looked like the 43 uh, squeezed the 34 a little bit coming off the corner, but there was still a little bit of room there. And the 34 just came down and kind of right hooked Bubba uh, head on to the wall there. Well, McDowell got, he was getting pushed around before that by a couple other guys. And when Wallace did it, I think McDowell just had enough of it. And, and uh, yeah, he sent Bubba hard into the wall. And, uh, yeah, knocked that bumper cover off. I guess they made a donation out of that. Did he? He, took, he took that bumper cover and took it over to the, uh, the 34 team. And then I think they auctioned it off for some, for some cash. And I think they got some big-time money for it, to what I heard. Yeah, so uh, the rear end of, the, of Bubba's car was worse, but they actually – Somehow the front bumper came off of it, and uh, the front bumper was uh, – Bubba wasn't happy with Michael, so he placed it on the hauler of Michael McDowell. And then Michael McDowell's team actually moved it by the trash can, but they must have grabbed it. And Michael posted on social media this week that um, he's going to auction it off and uh, donate it to charity. And, you know, the cool thing about it was Bubba actually came back and retweeted Uh, Michael's tweet about it and said, you know, we may disagree about what happened on track, but this is a good cause. So uh, kudos to both of those two to be able to put the on track stuff uh, away and give something to charity and be on the same page that way. (laughs) It makes you laugh though. That's uh, a little comical, but uh, yeah, (laughs) that's, it's all good. You know, no points, just, just money, you know, for, uh, um, for the all-star race and, so, but uh, yeah, the open was like that. It was interesting that if you won the stage, you automatically uh, got taken to the main to the main show. So, interesting format um, worked out okay. Once again, you know, going back on the uh, um, the, the the peanut butter and jelly awesome sauce um, that was just totally irrelevant through that whole night. They couldn't get that upper, upper groove to work at all. It was good for one lap. That was about it. Yeah, I think uh, they just needed more time to get that in. Um, but, uh, yeah, the All-Star Open, they've done this uh, this way for a few years where you win a stage. Typically, it's at Charlotte, but you win a stage and you're in, and then they do the fan vote. So uh, the the way they did it was still the same, but at Bristol, the Open was a little more exciting than um, maybe it, it was in the past. Yeah, well, Bristol, and uh, hey, there was some fans there. You could actually hear them. Uh, it sounded like the whole bunch. It sounded like there was a lot of fans there. I mean, they made a lot of noise. So um, definitely different to hear fans that were there. Absolutely. Yes, that was definitely not- uh, noticeable. Um, so let's get into the All-Star race there. Um, boy, Ryan Blaney led a lot, but Chase Elliott was definitely the car to beat, and he ends up winning it. Um, not the best race and I think you touched on a little bit of there Mark I think if that PJ won would have came in a little bit it could have been a little more exciting there to get the two lanes going um but uh 
didn't happen. So not, not the best race. You thought maybe there would be more bumping and grinding really didn't happen in the all-star race a little bit in the open. Um, but not necessarily in the all-star race. Um, they also did the glow on the cars. Um, it was assumed that it was going to be throughout the whole car, uh, but they only lit up the back bumper. So it was only glowing off the back bumper. Um, not a fan of that. Um, nope. Wasn't, uh, didn't add anything uh, to me. I think even Kevin Harvick said he wishes fell off. Um <laughs> That uh, the only thing it's uh, the only th- people like it is his uh, his kid there. So, um, yeah, not uh, not the best race, and uh, the glow really didn't add anything to it. No, I I wasn't a fan of that either. Um, moving the number and where they put them, I think once when they get that established a little bit better and make sure that all the numbers fit just perfect with the sponsorship, I think that's going to stick. And I guess I guess I could get used to that. So maybe uh, maybe where they move the number, I'm a fan of. But as for the underlight, no, I I didn't see nothing that came out of that. I I am split on the number. I thought some paint schemes looked better than others. Um, it definitely wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be when they first announced it. I thought, well, to me, I would rather have it on the quarter panel, the rear quarter panel, than the back end of the door. Um, but some paint schemes looked well, some looked okay. Uh, none of them really looked bad. I, w- I was surprised that I, I liked it more than I did, but uh, some of them looked better. I, well, the one that comes to mind is that Energizer paint scheme from Ryan Priest. That one was, uh, that was one that stood out to me. Yeah, well, that's, that gives more room for sponsorship, and you know the sponsors are going to like that. And I bet you they're going to push for that. And I think uh, you're probably going to see that. That's probably going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, I would say you're probably right there. Um, absolutely. Um, there were six lead changes among four drivers, five cautions for 13 laps, and one hour, eight minute, and 10 seconds for the all-star race. Um, they all so we'll see what yeah, they all finished on the, on the same lap. Nobody was a lap down. Amazing. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it in the future. I'm not sure if this opens it up to move uh, around a little bit or not, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, but otherwise, midweek race again. That was cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of that Wednesday nights, especially especially with us having Thursday night here at Wisconsin International Raceway. Wednesday night races, I am a total fan of. Um, so let's get into uh, let's get into Texas then. So uh, the trucks uh, were first up there. We'll get into them. Uh, stage one was won by Kyle Busch. Stage two, Brett Moffitt. And the race was won by Kyle Busch. Shocker there. Um, Christian Eck is second, Matt Crafton third. Stuart Friesen, he had a good night. That was his first good night in a while. They've been struggling with that Toyota ever since switching from Chevrolet. And Brett Moffitt runs out your top five there. Um, boy, Busch and Eckes really dominated that race. Yeah, Friesen, that's uh that's the best run that he's had. He's been in the middle of the pack all year, and it was kind of amazing that they finally came out and got that. Um too bad Johnny Sauter, he he popped a motor early in that race. Um he runs good there. He's like has five victories there. So it would have been interesting if he would have been able to uh be in the mix there, but yeah, he he popped a motor, so that uh that took Johnny Sauter out of it. 
Yeah, Johnny, uh, you mentioned he blew up there uh, pretty early. Um, didn't look really that good before. Maybe the motor was going sour from the get-go. Um, yeah, he does run well there. It could have been interesting to see how that goes there. Uh, another guy that was uh, impressive that race was Zane Smith. Um, he had an issue later on, but he was he was pretty impressive himself. He passed Kyle Busch. I mean, once you do something like that, like, holy smokes. You know, so, um, yeah, he had a good run going there for a while. Yeah, even Kyle said, uh, whatever he has, I want it because I can't do what he's doing. So uh, that is uh, pretty cool to hear from Kyle Busch if you're Zane Smith. Yeah, I think he said something going on. He says, if he's wide open in three and four, I don't have that. So, yeah, so at that time, Zane Smith was rather stout and it got Kyle Busch's attention. <laughs> Yeah, Zane's been good right from the start, but uh, continues to get even better. You know, and our homeboys, uh, you know, once again, Derek Krause with 11th. That's an impressive run. And, you know, Ty Majeski, he was up and down in the teens, you know, getting that seat time and stuff like that. Uh, hey, Texas, that's a tough one, too. You know, so them guys are getting some seat time. Uh, Natalie Decker, she didn't last very long. She popped a motor, too, early in the race. Yeah, Ty finishes uh, 15th there. He had a tire go down late, uh, which really affected him. Uh, so that ended a, a better run um, that he had going, unfortunately. Um, Johnny was 33rd with that motor, and uh, Decker was 35th with her motor problems. So um, two up in, in the top 15 and two that had major issues. So um, yeah, that's, the, that's the unfortunate part of racing sometimes is wrecks and heart failure and, and all of that. But uh, all in all, uh, not too bad of a, a couple of weeks for these these guys and girls. No practice and just get in the truck and go. That's got to be tough, That you know, especially at a high-speed track like Texas. <laughs> yeah, and, and I had asked Ty that when we interviewed him at the Slinger Nationals. And I said, man, how do you how do you feel about getting in a truck that you're, you're probably not one hundred percent comfortable with because you haven't had a whole lot of races on, and then on top of it, you got no practice and qualifying at a track that you haven't seen a whole lot of or, or not at all. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine being, a, especially a rookie, uh, going out and doing that. Yeah, that's a tough deal, but that's that's the rules they play by. But as long as uh, they be turning laps, uh, they're learning that that seat time is just uh, so valuable. So as long as they're finishing and bringing the truck back in one piece, that's that's a big plus. Absolutely. Yep, you're right on there. Um, so next up for the trucks is actually a double header uh, this weekend in Kansas, Friday and Saturday. So uh, the more seat time, maybe you see uh, the rookies do better on, on Saturday than Friday because they get a little bit of seat time at the same track. So um, pretty cool there. Yeah, night race and then a day race. And, you know, and then Cup is going to go first. Like trucks are always the first ones, so there's going to be rubber laid down, and you know the Arca series is going to be in on that too. So it's going to be interesting. The trucks are going to actually be racing with rubber on the on the track. Yeah, that's a good point. That uh, that plays a major factor in it. Yeah, definitely, it's going to change the characteristics. So, so yeah, we'll see how that works out for him. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Although they did have some rubber down because the Xfinity did a doubleheader uh, for the last race. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it works at Kansas uh, relative to the other tracks that that's happened at. 
Um, Xfinity also at Texas. Uh, stage one and two go to Justin Elgire. There's a guy that could use a good finish as well. Been running well, but hasn't gotten the, the finishes that he deserves. Uh, but the race, once again, third race in a row, Austin Sindrick. Uh, fantastic job by that that guy and that team. Uh, Briscoe second, Elgire third, Harrison Burton fourth, and Annette fifth. Um, so there again, you have Sindrick winning three in a row. Uh, Elgire with a, with a good finish. Annette, he had a couple of top fives over the last few weekends. So uh, some guys getting getting it done here late. You know, Cindric wasn't the first one over the line, though. You know. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, that. Yes, Kyle Busch uh, did get disqualified. The left rear was too low. Um, didn't it seem to affect him a whole lot because he goes out and wins the truck race right after. <laughs> well, he uh, he got caught, you know, with, with a penalty after the first stage, so he ended up going all the way to the back again. And then he comes through all, I mean, he, he had the dominant truck once again, but uh, he made a comment saying, you know, to get these uh, vehicles to run, you got to adjust on them. And how do you know that you're going to be out of bounds uh, at the end of the race? And it just seemed like the, yeah, uh, the, the bottom of the back, uh, the back tire on the left side was a little bit low, but how do you, how do you know that? How, you know, when you're adjusting the truck to make it run the way you want it to, and then you get busted like that, uh, that's that's a tough one, <laughs> you know. So, but it is what it is. Yeah. It, was, it was illegal, so. Yeah. yeah, it was actually the Xfinity car um, that he got DQ'd in, um, not the truck, but. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's what we're talking about, Xfinity. Yeah, in the car. Um, uh, but, you know, they also said that they had to raise up the uh, front end of that car in tech. I think he was saying. And he said if they would have let him set it back to where it was still legal, the left rear would have probably been legal. Um, so there were some thoughts about that. Um, hard to say, you know, they're, they're teching it. They, they know more. They're there. Um, but uh, some interesting thoughts and comments from Kyle about that. Uh, you kind of wonder um, what, what all goes on in tech. That would be cool to kind of see and, and get to know how they all how they all do this, how they determine what they're going to check, what how they do it. Um, but either way, unfortunately, a disqualification. Um, but uh, the other the other major news is um, Noah Gregson gets into Riley Herbst on it was early. It was lap one, lap two, something early. Um, and Herbst backs up into the wall out of the corner, ends his day. Um, Herbst was obviously not happy. Um, Noah again, didn't make any more friends, uh, last weekend, but, uh, the interesting thing about it too, is Riley Herbst got Noah Gregson into racing. Uh, Riley Herbst brought Noah to his first race. So interesting that those two get together and Herbst straight up said, um, he has a lot more to lose right now than I do. So, uh, could be interesting going forward. <laughs> yeah. You'll remember that. Yeah. That was actually lap nine when that happened. And that was awful aggressive driving just to uh, to drive up on somebody. And then later on in the race, once when Cindric uh, got right behind, um, got behind Gregson, and Gregson ended up taking taking down the turn two wall. And then he looked like he was going to chase him down. He was going to uh, retaliate, and they went in three and four, and. Uh, made contact with the wall and the announcers were saying he went in there like he thought nothing was wrong 
it almost looked like he wanted to retaliate. And then when they looked at the, uh, the replay, there was like, oh, my God, a 16th of an inch off his bumper. Never touched him. Sure took the air off him, though. And, you know, it's when you're in turn two and it's tight like that and you just get a little squirrely, you're going to eat that wall there on the back stretch on to, uh, at Texas. Yeah, and, and you saw that a few times throughout that race, especially that air was a major, major factor, especially coming off the corners. Yeah, sometimes it seemed like them guys use it as a weapon. You know, you can, like, hey, I could go right up there and just uh, get real close to him and make him squirrely and, you know, without touching him, but you can actually move the guy. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's old school racing. That's how they used to make some passes back in the day. You would get up someone, get them loose, and, and go on by. But um, it's a tricky thing to do to get them loose and not, uh, not wreck them. Boy, that was close. I wouldn't want to put my finger between both of them, but uh, yeah, crazy. But uh, yeah, that ended up ruining uh, that ruined uh, Gregson's day. So that was the end of him. Yeah, um, you know, interesting comments from Dale Jr. because NBC took over now. Um, car owner for Noah Gregson, he he said um, it was it was unnecessary that early in the race to do that. So um, yeah. Uh, Take some coaching, I guess. More coaching, more coaching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, even Noah said he was talking to Dave Moody. He does a segment every week with Dave on NASCAR Radio Series XM Channel 90. And um, he said, you know, I, I haven't been making any friends, and I think I just need to um, get better at, at doing it and, and not and focus on that because I definitely um, have made some people mad. So uh, he, he's aware of it. I'm sure uh, Dale and, and Junior Motorsports has talked to him about it because they don't want to see any of their stuff tore up. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a hard thing because that sometimes you need to be that aggressive to win races. So um, he'll, he'll perfect it here eventually and, and continue going. Uh, great guy. So things just happen in racing. Easy to say until you put a helmet on. <laughs> then that changes yeah. everything, you know. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. He's still a young, young stud, though, so give him time. He's learning. Hard, sometimes hard licks, but oh, well. Yeah, he might need some friends later on, you know. You don't want to have enemies when you're trying to win a championship. Somebody stands in your way that's uh, got an axe to grind with you, but, well, that's that's racing. That's what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing that we forget here, too, a lot of eyes are going to be on him because he's not sure what he's doing next year. So um, people are people are definitely paying attention. He's got the talent, though. Holy smokes. So I, I see no problem with him uh, staying where he's at. Uh, probably too, a little too young to go to Cup yet, but I, I definitely can see him hanging around Xfinity for next year. Should be, as long as he gets sponsors. I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he does go to Cup. Um, that 48's open, so you never know, but uh, he's got to be a contender for it. Yeah, I agree with that. So. Um, Let's get into the Cup Series race at Texas to end out the show here. Um, the 700 start for Kevin Harvick. So um, Kurt Busch had a big uh, momentum start uh, the other the other weekend, monumental start, excuse me. And um, Kevin Harvick had here had one here as well. Um, stage one and stage two go to Ryan Blaney. There we talk about a guy who's <laughs> been running well all year, maybe 
uh, could finish a little better at a few races. Some bad luck goes his way. Um, and then the race, Austin Dillon. Uh, it's been a few years since we've seen an RCR car in, in victory lane, but Austin Dillon gets it done, and, and he had to work for this one. It wasn't fuel mileage, anything else. He had to work for it, and his teammate, RCR 1-2 with Tyler Reddick finishing second, Joey Logano third, Kyle Busch fourth, and Kevin Harvick fifth. Um, there was some strategy play there, Mark, and they, they took fuel only on that last stop, and they had to hold them off for 20-some laps, three or four restarts, and they definitely uh, got the job done. You know, there was 100 laps ago, and I had to shut it down. I was going to go support some local racing at Slinger, and then uh, I was there, and I was asked, hey, how did that race finish? And I looked at Austin Dillon. Are you kidding me? He was not even a factor through that whole race. I was absolutely shocked of how that finished. So I uh, definitely went back to YouTube this week, and I uh, and I seen how it got played out. And, yeah, doing that on no tires and two tires and holding them off, uh, quite an interesting uh, deal. So, yeah, good strategy move, and now Dylan's in the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, it's a team that's been running better and better here as of late, and um, Tyler Reddick's playing a major role. Chevy getting better is playing a major role. Um, but how they held off uh, the hounds behind them, uh, is still kind of amazing. Obviously, tires didn't give you much this weekend. A lot of comments about that. But um, holy smokes, uh, to finish 1-2 for RCR, that's a big, big deal. They've been getting better and better, and I think we're going to see more of them uh, coming to the front here. Yeah, they're, they're um, coming around. That Tyler Reddick, second place. You know, he could have easily won that race too. So, yeah, both of those guys did a really great job. Um how about that great big pileup in the middle of the, the race at the beginning of uh, stage three, like Cole Custer, you know, he was the first one they talked to afterwards. And he says, wow, win one week and then end up in a heap the next week. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's how it goes. But that was a major pileup. That was uh, the start of stage three. Yeah. Unfortunate. And yeah, Cole made that comment there and it was like, yeah, I, uh, I've heard a lot of people say that same thing when one week and have disaster the next. So um, definitely unfortunate there, but um, that's, again, that's, that's part of it. But how about Ryan Blaney? He, he leads a, a ton of laps again. Um, Penske being very strong. Um, the inter another interesting moment was Quinn Hoff. Um tries to pit from the middle lane there and gets into Christopher Bell and also Matt Benedetto. Um, Brad made some comments about that this week. Yeah, yeah, it looked like me pulling into a Whataburger. You know, you're kind of like in the middle lane and you just kind of just don't even think about anybody's regard and you just uh, pull right off, you know. Yeah, that reminded me of going into a Whataburger. <laughs> you know, just turn left and get there and uh, – yeah, and I know Brad said some things that some people should uh, lose their qualifications for making moves like that. And um, yeah, well, uh, it definitely changed the the whole race that incident did. But uh, you know, it's one of those things like you're coming out of four, and maybe something happened to the car, or maybe you know he felt a vibration and thinks, "Hey, I can just dart off and take off to the pits," and you just don't realize that somebody else was there and. You know, one split decision like that can actually cause a major problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a bad, bad timing of that. You know, maybe put some of that on the spotter too. The spotter should be telling him um, not to do it, but maybe he went ahead and just needed a pit at that exact moment, and it it happens. Um, Brad basically said that he thinks people should be demoted um, for making mistakes like that, or they should have to graduate to the to the top level. Um, so interesting comments from him. Um, but I'm sure he was frustrated seeing that one of his teammates got involved. Um, just unfortunate, I guess. Yeah. Crazy racing, racing deal, but it happened, but, uh, you know, somebody could get hurt doing something like that. So, um, yeah, you've seen some bad incidents when somebody does something like that, you could really actually end up with a, a major incident out of that. So, Another learning curve for a young driver like that. So we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was a funny thing on social media this week that um, they had some uh, gifts on there. And one was uh, a person like smiling or blinking their eyes at the same time or something, something along those lines. And it said, um, live look at Landon Castle, because, of course, Landon Castle lost that ride to Quinn Hoff. Uh, over the off season. So uh, I got a little chuckle out, out of that, but you know, Quinn, Quinn's a young driver. He's had success at uh, many levels and uh, just a mistake on his end. But the thing about it is, is he's got the money to back him and that's why he's there. That's the state that we're in in racing that if somebody has got money or sponsorship, he's going to, uh, he's going to get ahead of the line before somebody who, who's actually got talent. And that's kind of sad in the state that we're in, but that's the way it is. Yeah, we are at that point, but I'll also say that Quinn has has a bunch of talents as well. He's he's learning, um, so um, it is what it is. Um, there were twenty nine lead changes among twelve drivers, ten cautions for forty five laps, and time of the race was three hours thirty eight minutes and fifty seven seconds. Um, there was one penalty. Michael McDowell's team one loose lug. Okay, <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, and the next race will be tonight, Thursday night at Kansas. So uh, they don't race Sunday. They race tonight at Kansas. So another midweek race. We'll have to record that one. Yeah, because we got to be out at uh, we got to be out at WIR tonight. So, yeah, I'll be recording that and I'll watch that tomorrow morning. Hey, they said on uh, um, on NASCAR on uh, on the radio today that said that Kevin Harvick turned 200,000 laps. And he crossed that threshold at Texas this last weekend. Think of that. 200,000 laps. That's unbelievable. Man, that's that, a lot of laps. That is uh, unbelievable. I would be curious to see if anyone can come up with a stat of who has raced the most laps. That would, uh, mm -hmm. that would be interesting. I'm sure they could figure it out, but it sure would take a while to figure that out. But um, yeah, if somebody's doing stats like that, I'm sure if you looked it up, you probably could find it somewhere to see how many laps people have turned. But I thought that was kind of a crazy number when you think about it, 200,000 laps. And that ain't counting practice either, you know, or maybe even running another series or whatever. So I don't know. That's just crazy. That's a crazy number that I got. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, great stat there. Um, yeah, it is. It's unbelievable you're right that's the exact word for it um so then uh some news here to to recap and, and end it here um we talked about michael mcdowell auctioning off the bumper um 
unfortunately, Myrtle Beach Speedway has been sold. Uh, it's going to be used for commercial property use. So why? Why? Yeah, we're unfortunately we're losing another track and a historic track. And you know, Dale Jr. got his start there, um, a track that many drivers have have started at over the years. So unfortunately, that race will that racetrack will be going away. Um, not the news you want to hear. You want to keep all the tracks around, but uh, it's not the first time we've heard of this. So hopefully, we yeah. get on a better state of racing and we can keep all the tracks around. Yeah, pretty sad. I like racing that on iRacing. That's a cool little bullring. A lot of a lot of history there. Yep, a lot of good drivers have come through there. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I like racing it so, as well. But to never made it. But something stupid like uh, commercials stuff, you know, like like the town just like, uh, well, we can do away with that, or I don't know, just 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 bad news. I I don't understand that. Yep, absolutely ter- terrible news. Um, we never made it there. Uh, it was a goal of mine to go there with Dale Jr. making his living there for a while, uh, but unfortunately, just wasn't able to go there, and now we won't. So just just sad. Um, Another track's future that's in jeopardy here is Iowa Speedway, a track that you and I have talked about many of times, how much we enjoy it. Um, to us, probably the best track on the circuit. And unfortunately, the Cup has never had the opportunity to go there. But um, one positive that could be coming of it is Penske might be interested in it. Heard a lot of rumors about that. Not sure if uh, that's true or not, but um, that would be a bad deal. But the rumor out there right now it's even if Penske does get it NASCAR may have raced their last race there and it'll be IndyCar uh, only so um, I was shocked to hear this a few weeks ago that Iowa's future was in jeopardy and now it uh, finally came out in the news for sure that it could be happening yeah there was some bankruptcy that was going on there and then NASCAR took it over and uh, just what a beautiful facility it's kind of sad to see that happening but yeah I did hear Penske Penske is interested in it. Um, did you see that Indy car go flying there this last week? That was um, um, what's his name? Help me out with the name on there. That Colton uh, Herta. Colton Herta. Did you see that? That's the highest, furthest I've ever seen that car in Indy car go flying through the air. And they think that that new uh, that new uh, cockpit bubble maybe saved his life. That's what uh, some people are actually saying. But uh, I've never seen an IndyCar go flying like that before. Wow. Yeah, so IndyCar had a double header there this past weekend, and that was a bad incident. There was a couple of other ones. Uh, Will Power lost a wheel, too, that went right over the windscreen. And it went to caught Will Power, but that's, it, was, it was close. And they're saying that that windscreen could have saved two to three lives over that weekend. So uh, mm-hmm. kudos to IndyCar for the safety and. Um, you never want to see an incident about that. But, yeah, I was actually watching on my phone outside, enjoying the weather out here. And Dawson and I was like, holy smokes. And he went flying quite a way. It's not the furthest i ever seen, but on a re- what happened was they uh, called off the restart and guys started checking up and Colton couldn't check up fast enough and got into the back of someone and went uh, went right for it. And, and he's fortunate that – he did not hit the car did not hit the uh, catch fence that the wall kind of protected him from not doing that. Cause he got up on top of the wall because that uh, catch fence really acts like a cheese grater to those Indy cars. 
Yeah, they tear them all up. But I don't know if it would have been in the right spot. That would have been close to the flag stand. That's how high he was off the ground. So, but uh, yeah, he walked away from that. So kudos to that. So yeah, I'm interested in Iowa because it's my favorite track, the NASCAR track that I've ever been to. I hope there's some good stuff that comes out of that. I was going to go this year. Um, I was going to go check out um, the trucks and uh, and Xfinity if they were racing there back in June. And my plans were to go there. And uh, so I hope someday that we were able to go back to that place. I love Iowa. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, my favorite track is, as well. You and I have always, always said that ever since we went back to uh, 2012, our first time there. So um, hopefully some good news out of there. Um, Keith Rodden is going to fill in for Chad Knauss for William Byron's crew chiefing duties. Uh, this weekend, Chad Knauss expecting the birth of his child coming up here so he's gonna miss the race instead um so uh wish him luck on on the road to having another child um michael ruck was uh fined and um for covid violations uh something happened with him there was another crew member that of jeremy clements that got um slapped on the hand for this a few weeks ago as well um so we have had a few of those instances uh, Jimmy Johnson is going to test the IndyCar. Remember that guy that was supposed to happen earlier in the year. Um, that got rescheduled due to his uh, COVID test, and he's going to test it at the uh, at Indianapolis next Tuesday. So that's uh, that's becoming a thing again. That's going to. I hope there's some video of that and some news coming out about that because I'm looking forward to it. Um, <clears throat> Brian France was in the news this week. Uh, he commented that he's not interested in a return to NASCAR. Um, I know a lot of fans will probably say that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, the, uh, NTSB released information about Dale Jr.'s plane crash that happened last year. Um, so some more information came out about that. Um, probably won't know the full details and exactly what happened for a few years. I think they take a few years to research everything and, and go through everything. And then unfortunately, Brennan gone has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, yeah. so, uh, hopefully he uh, doesn't have a lot of symptoms that they're not severe and can pull through it. So um, boy, what a, what another awesome couple of weekends of racing. We got another one coming up here uh, again. Uh, Road America is just a few weeks out. We'll be there for that. So really, really looking forward to it. Mark, thanks for joining as always. And uh, we're going to have some more fun coming up here. Yeah, a whole bunch of fun coming. First comes, uh, yeah, the uh, first is going to be the Dixieland 250. Well, they don't call it that anymore. And it just so happens that Rowdy Bush was in town on Monday and he was turning some laps. I already did a 19.16 out there, somebody's unofficial watch. But he's out there turning laps and uh, – So that's probably going to throw a few other good drivers out there. So Tuesday, August 4th for the 250 ought to be a dandy out there. And then comes Road America the following weekend. So, yeah, we got some good stuff coming up this in the future, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, Really looking forward to it. Um, Looking forward to the NASCAR and and IndyCar and Formula One stuff on TV as well. So um, good stuff coming up here. Well, uh, thanks again, buddy. And – We'll see you tonight. We're going to have some more fun, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yep. See you out there tonight. See you, everybody.
Yep. Thanks for listening. Again, you can follow Double L Sports Network on Twitter and Facebook. That's LL Sports Network. Uh, I am at Lauren Leach on Twitter, Mark Allen on Facebook. So give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Take care.